To be sure, I've had my times of being selfish, short-sighted, and shamed. When I think of times of being selfish, I think of the time when I turned away a a distant uh, relative from our home when my parents were not home, certainly not my finest moment. When I recall a time that I was short-sighted, I think of the first time I had introduction to the concept of a registered retirement savings plan, and I didn't bother to start one. I have since started one, but I wonder what kind of a balance would have accrued in that account had I started one when God first showed me about it. When I think of a time of being shamed, I think of the time when I worked for a restaurant and found myself eating food that I was not to eat and needing to go to my manager and admit that and make it right. Maybe you can relate to your own times of selfishness or short-sightedness or shame. Some dogs kill chickens. They like to eat them uncooked before The chickens can become chicken casserole on the owner of the chicken's dining room table. You know, there is a sure cure for a dog that has that habit of eating chickens. You take a chicken the dog has killed and you tie the carcass around the dog's neck so that it cannot come off. Then you leave the dead chicken tied to the dog for about 10 days. The dog gets the point. He's never hungry for a rooster again. Today we're going to look into a story that Jesus told. And one man in Jesus' story was kind of like that dog. But he didn't have a stinky dead chicken for a necklace. It was more like he had a smelly pork chop hanging around his neck as he walked home. When it comes to the pork, you'll see what I mean a little later. Interested to hear Jesus' story? Good. It teaches all of us who are selfish or short-sighted or shamed that from our downs, there can be ups. Luke 15, 11 to 32 gives us Jesus' story. And quite reasonably, the story could have any one of three titles. We could title it the story of the son, or the story of the older brother, or the story of the father. Take your pick. These particular three men in Jesus' story were family, and they owned their own family business. For fun, let's call their family business the Kosher Family Cattle Ranch. Because Jesus started with the younger son, we will too. Some call him the prodigal son. But with any imagination at all, we could also call him the guy with the pork chop around his neck. Prodigal means reckless with money. (laughs) Sort of like any government you would care to name. (laughs) But that's another story. So let's read Jesus' story. And I ask you not to approach this like you know all about it. I'd ask you to approach this that there are things here for you that you may never have ever seen before, 
and that there's buried treasure in Jesus' story. Luke 15, 11 to 32. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be in need. And he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he was longing to be filled in his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything to But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the, bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine who was dead has come to life again. He was lost and he has been found. And they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field and he came and approached the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what things might be. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began entreating him. But he answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I've been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours and yet you have never given me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with harlotry, you killed a fattened calf for him. And he said to him, my child, You have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to be merry and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead 
and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. There are two parts to this part of the story that I'm going to look at, the down and the up. Both are wrapped up in the younger son's part of the story. When you look at the whole story, though, I think you could say not only the down and the up are there with the younger son, but there's also an in, which has to do with the older brother, and there's an out, which has to do with the father. But today we only focus on the down and the up. We only look today at the younger son. And he went down. He went way down. How in the world does a guy with ownership in a profitable family business go down the drain? The phrases in the various verses tell us, beginning with the first phrase, give me. It was a disrespectful demand. In fact, socially, it was bizarre that any son would ask his living father for his estate ahead of the father dying was wrong. And for a younger son to dare to do such a thing was a big problem. Give me was a disrespectful demand. We see it in verse 12, and it rings of the boy's selfishness. The second phrase from verse 13, he gathered everything together. He put all of his eggs in the same basket. That was short-sighted. Then it says that he went on a journey. Verse 13 says that he went on a journey. Sin will take you on a journey, but never to something pleasant, but always to something painful. Robert G. Lee said, sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. That's true. And so this younger son, which had such a a bright financial future, such a bright business future, He went down, give me. He gathered all that he had. He took a journey, down, down, down. He walked away from his father, and he walked away from his father into failure, one decision at a time. And then... His first entry into down went down even faster like a runaway soccer ball on Sears Hill. Verse 14 says he spent everything. He spent everything. That was more short-sightedness. As I said, prodigal means reckless spender, Perhaps you, like me, have heard the saying, it's wise to set aside money for a rainy day. 
what I have found in my life is there are far more rainy days than I ever forecasted. Then it says that he hired himself out and his boss had him feed swine, pigs, pork. That was shame. It wasn't that respectable a job if you were a Gentile, but if you were a Jew, it was utter abject shame. Because God's law had said have nothing to do with pigs. They're unclean animals and certainly don't eat pork. And so here was this Jew in this pig pen feeding pigs. Then it said, no one was giving him anything. No one was giving anything to him. Verse 16, that would be shameful. In modern day situation, perhaps that was like his bank account was overdrawn and his credit cards were maxed out. He was up against it. He was in dire straits. He had painted himself into a corner and the corner happened to be a dusty, muddy pig pen. I mean, there's down, (laughs) and then there's really down. Well, he wasn't even really down. He was really, really down. Perhaps you can relate to this downed son. Selfish, short-sighted, shamed, hungry, hopeless, and in a pig pen. Maybe that's a part of your resume that you don't want other people to read. The amazing thing is that there was an up for the younger son in Jesus' story. And equally amazing is that there are ups for our downs, too. Verses 17 to 20, I'd like to reread. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father. And we'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. On his way down, the younger son's issues were selfishness and short-sightedness and shame. But a miracle took place. 
And the miracle took place that A, he could actually come up from the pig pen, and B, that when he did so, he had none of those issues anymore. Are you down this morning? Do you have a loved one who's down this morning? God has hope. (laughs) Down can come back up. And a foolish problem can be reversed. And so the sermon to this point has the title Down. But the sermon the rest of the way through has the title Up. So let's see how he got back up. The first thing, the first phrase that we need to notice in verse 17 is he came to his senses. That is, he remembered that his daddy's hired hands ate well. And he admitted that he himself was dying of hunger. You might say he faced the facts. Figuratively speaking, I imagine that this was when he started to wear his pork chop necklace. When you're down and when you come to your senses, you face the facts. And a very important fact to face is that sin is costly And sin is sickening. Sin stinks. And it only stops stinking when Jesus forgives it and cuts it off your throat by his cross. And so when he came to his senses and remembered his daddy's hired hands meal plan and admitted that he was dying of hunger, when he faced those facts, he had no more short-sightedness. Next, it gives us a window into his thoughts, and he decided to get up and to go in verse 18. (laughs) You know, the older I get, Sometimes I have to admit that my get up and go got up and went. Well, that wasn't the case for this son at this juncture. He got up, he got out of the pig pen, and he got up with an express purpose. He got up so that he could go back to do one thing to ask for his daddy's forgiveness. That tells me that he had no more selfishness. Next it says, in verse 18, his words, I have sinned. The young man was broken, (laughs) but he was broken to be fixed. He called sin, sin. And he realized that His sin was both against God and against his daddy. 
I love that the son confessed his sins to God in heaven first and then to his daddy on earth second. Verse 18. Figuratively, this was when God cut off and threw away the pork chop necklace. We know one of the grandest promises of New Testament is 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The boy was genuinely coming up. He came to his senses. He got up and went. He admitted that he had sinned up, up, up. No more short-sightedness. But there's more. He got home to his, the ranch and to his dad, and he made a remarkable statement. He said, I am no longer worthy. This, of course, would have been totally unexpected for a self-employed business owner to say. I am no longer worthy. This statement would have been remarkable for a managing partner at the kosher family ranch to humble himself by saying, I am no longer worthy. (laughs) And he suggested a demotion for himself. He proposed a a downgrade in his sleeping quarters and in the meal plan. He even suggested a pay cut from son to slave. No more selfishness. Verse 20 says that he got up and came. He got up and came. You know, it would have been one thing to think about heading back home and asking for forgiveness, but it was quite another thing to actually get up and to go back home one humble step at a time. One shed tear at a time. Away from the pig pen aimed at the family ranch and at the family. And there were plenty of steps back. There are plenty of tears as he returned. I mean, remember, he was walking home to the ranch from a distant country. One step at a time. He had to eat his words during a very long hike Back home, up, 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 up. He came to his senses. He had to get up and go. He said, I've sinned. He said, I'm no longer worthy. He got up and went. You should really buy a Tribune or a Guardian or a Punch. 
Because today's headline in all three papers is Selfishness, Short-Sightedness, and Shame are Curable by a newspaper. Selfishness, Short-Sightedness, and Shame are Curable. Read all about it. Yeah, selfishness, short-sightedness, and shame are all curable, but it takes a Savior. It takes a cross. It takes new life. It takes the Holy Spirit moving into us for total renovation. Selfishness, short-sightedness, and shame are curable. It's time to talk to God. Lord and Savior, our hearts are touched by the down and the up of this story. Our hearts are melted by the power of your grace. Lord, Savior, some of us were in our own pig pens. Help us not to forget what you have done for us. How you have lift us, lifted us from down to up. Thank you, Savior. Lord, Savior, some of us are in pig pens now. It's where we are living. We admit that you've put a pork chop necklace around our necks, but so far, so far, they haven't been stinky enough to change us. But today is a new day. Help us to come to our senses. Help us to repent. Help us to come home to you with sorrow for sin. Help us to drop our selfishness and our short-sightedness and our shame. O Savior. Right now, some of us are on the wrong path and moving towards pig pens. We are being seduced by whatever is within these pig pens. Things which don't stink until you live with them as a necklace. Teach us that no one and no thing can give us the joy and identity, the security and the peace that you can. Save your friend. Lord, We step back from your holy word and we see that down becoming up is really the whole plot of the Bible. Adam, Eve, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Moses, David, Matthew and Mary Magdalene, Thomas, Paul and Peter, 
Savior, thank you that our downs can come back up. And thank you, too, that with you, our foolish problems can be reversed. Merciful Savior, please may no one leave this place today seeing no up for their down. Instead, may all of us see and seize the fact that our respective downs can come up. Savior, convince us that our foolish problems you can reverse because of your power and pardon. It's your power and pardon that are what we need. Savior, we beg these things of you because only you can empty all of the spiritual pig pens of our Bahamas. Spiritual pig pens that are filled with plenty of runaway Christians. Only you, Savior. Only you can tailor make ways up for all of us who are down. Only you, Savior, can reverse the foolish problems which we have created for ourselves. Oh, Savior, you are the one with enough power and pardon. Thank you. We pray in your wonderful name. Amen.